You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number 184, we're discussing the final Joker trailer. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm excited for the Joker. Yes, you are. We got a very <laughs> dense DC episode this week. Sanjay smiling ear to ear. We're going to be talking this incredibly mind-bending Joker trailer and the reviews that are coming out. There's a standing ovations that is getting. We're also going to dip into Birds of Prey. We're starting to see our first images. We're starting to see that hype build behind this with a leaked trailer. We're also going to talk about Flash being confirmed. So the DC Universe, it's it's building, it's putting that foundation down, and it looks like we're going to have a lot of fun this week breaking down all the DC news on top of all the Star Wars and Marvel stuff. Guys, it is a beautiful time to be a nerd. There is so much going on. In all three of these universes, we're going to talk about literally everything we can in about that hour and a half. But before we get into any of that, gentlemen, it is a pleasure to have you back in the Nerd Room talking nerd this week. And like we always do at the top of these episodes, we have got to get into our Weeks at Nerd. And this is a little segment that we do for those that are listening for the first time, where we just break down what we've done in Nerd, what collecting, what comics has looked like for us this week. And so... I really got to hear it. Troy, you've been posting a few things. I've, I've seen a few action figures. Yeah, man. I got to know what's going on in your Weekend Nerd, man. <laughs> you know, I started off super quiet. Uh, my Weekend Nerd was pretty bunk. And then I, um, I was cruising Amazon because you know me, man. Like, whatever it takes, I'll, I'll go out there. I'll find that action <laughs> figure. And I, I found uh, Mace Windu. So I picked up the Mace Windu Black Series. Amazon Prime. Bigs up to Amazon Prime. Like, I ordered this thing. When was it? On the Saturday? And it came Sunday? No way. And it's just... Just like that is awesome. And, dude, the Mace Windu Black Series. I got to say, Black Series is coming full tilt. Um, the figure looks great. Like, Samuel Jackson, when you look at this figure next to the Captain Marvel, like, 90s Nick Fury, which is basically, you know, both Samuel Jackson figures, this one uh, by far exceeds it, the uh, the Black Series Mace Windu. So that was a great look. And then um, shout out to uh, Darth Goody because he yes. gave me the headline that um, EB Games is dropping over in Canada first. The... The Commander uh, Obi Wan Kenobi from the Clone Wars animated series, which nice. looks fantastic, man. Like it looks like a little, a little hot toys, man. I got to give it up to Hasbro; they're killing it out there. So I uh, picked up that toy, but you know what? That wasn't even really my weekend nerd. What happened? Actually, the biggest thing is I actually got to have a hands-on experience. I stopped in at uh, Carlos, our boy Carlos, no Crusader, checked out the Batcave. The oh Harvest man. Land guys we're in for a treat like this place i i wish i wish all twitter gang could just go there i wish we could all see the joker <laughs> movie and just roll up to carlos's back cave but man what a what a place what a time that was so it was great great time uh, i can't wait for all of us to check it out um obviously with carlos's permission but um, yeah it's just fantastic i've never seen so much batman gear on another level like his statue game is on fire and it's just like 
you know, if I didn't happen to pick up these Black Series this week, I kind of would have felt like, you know, just putting it all behind me and just get right into the statues. But, you know, that, that six-inch plastic keeps me keeps me there. So, uh, anyways, shout out to Carlos. And that was my that was my week in nerd, man. That was it. Yeah. How about I, you guys? My, probably my favorite choice slogan when it comes to collecting is no shame in my game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he will go to any lengths, whether it's Kijiji, Amazon, yeah. whatever. Yeah, well, meet yeah, guys saw, in parking lots. Yeah, I saw him at the children's hospital one time going through the toy bin. He's like, "Hey, there's an Obi Wan over there." Just hey. no shame in his game. <laughs> oh, maybe not that deep. <laughs> so, Sonny, my man. Yeah. I, I don't know how you're gonna top that. Like we've been talking oh, about won't. getting to Carlos's house here for a little yeah. bit, and we're gonna make it happen at some point. We're we're supposed to go there for a Joker review, but now you've got better things to do. Sanjay. Well, it's not better things; it's just other things. <laughs> there's there's no better things in life than hanging out with you guys. Oh, I know. Tell me, you don't want to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> but Sonny, uh, what's going on with you with your weekend nerd? Yeah, man. So Troy, when you went to Carlos's, did he make you wear like white gloves? Make you do like an ID scan just so like your fingerprints don't get on it? Like, no, was you, he... know, you know, we're on that. I don't want to say we're on that same level because we're not with that statue game. But yeah. you know, we all like don't even want to really touch things. Like even when right. you know, I go to the the legit nerd room, I don't want to really like touch like Tim's stuff. You know what I mean? Until mm-hmm. he's like, go ahead, give it a you know a try. But um, I don't really remember you know picking up anything. I was just in awe. Yeah. Like every room I stepped in, my mouth was just on the ground just like holy smokes like this is this is your place like mm-hmm. everywhere you go it's just crazy fandom come to life like the wonder woman stuff was fantastic the batman yeah. stuff was fantastic he literally has like batman armor like that's why i call yeah. this guy the goddamn batman <laughs> yeah shit i was just yeah, man. The penny and the t-rex that's all he's missing yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of like being at a urinal, you know, you just handle your own business. You don't touch anyone else's, you know, it's the same kind of principle. I'm sure he's going to appreciate that direct comparison. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being in a men's washroom. <laughs> right. Like, you know, when you go over, you, you, you look maybe, but you don't, you don't touch. <laughs> Before this devolves into something that I cannot edit out. <laughs> Sanjay. Yeah. Steel booking well, it this week. What are you doing? No, Comics. Man. My steelbook game. Oh yeah, actually, I did get one steelbook. Um, it was a long, long time coming, but I got Sir Elton John, the Rocket Man steelbook. Oh, nice. It's a beauty. It's a beauty. I still haven't popped that uh, bad boy in yet, but I'm so excited. I really love uh, musical biopics. Like Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody was amazing. Is that your favorite um, one? No, probably. Like I consider Purple Rain pretty like music biopic because like it was kind of like prince's upbringing and stuff like that eight mile i also like that one mm-hmm. uh dewey cox the dewey cox story that one is so good <laughs> <laughs> legit that one is hilarious um but yeah so i got rocky man steelbook but uh you know the joker trailer this is this is a question i post to the guys um it got me thinking you know i said like years from now we'll watch it as like a trilogy of r-rated superhero films with like v for vendetta watchmen and i got thinking about trilogies and movie um marathons so my question for you guys is um i'll go first because i thought of this a little bit longer but uh so here's the scenario you know it's a snowy day you're trapped in the house all by yourself and you're gonna do a movie marathon but the only caveat is you're going to do one Star Wars, one Marvel, and one DC film. And they all kind of have to relate. Like, they can't be, like, you know, kind of, like, same tone. Like, they kind of go together. There's got to be some sort of flow to this marathon. It can't just be, like, you know, movie like The Hangover and Titanic. 
where there's no kind of crossover. But if you did a movie like Aliens and Predator, they're not the same franchise, but like, damn, that'd be like a nice back to back. So, uh, so I was thinking about this, um, and this is what I do. So I started off, um, with DC and I go V for Vendetta. Then I go over to Star Wars and I'd pop in Rogue One. Uh, and then I go to Marvel and I'd pop in Winter Soldier. You just took like three quarters of my, two thirds (laughs) of mine. (laughs) You know, dealing with the government and trust and, uh, kind of like spy films and, uh, thrillers. So that was... That was my ultimate trilogy. And, and and people listening, make sure you throw it up on Twitter. Uh, let us know what yours would be. But uh, Tim Troy, do you guys have anything for me? Okay, I'm going to go a little sideways because you took most of mine. I'm sorry. That's why I went first because if you took mine, I would have had no backup. I'm going to go with <laughs> I'm gonna go with Thor the Dark World. Okay. Um, Thor the Dark World. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Suicide really cool. Squad. Oh, wow. And Attack of the Clones. Oh, <laughs> I, get wow. it. I get this wow. theme. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That could actually kind of work. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I'm still debating the DC one in my head, but I think I'll go with Suicide Squad. <laughs> nice. nice. I like it. I like it. Can okay. you see the thread through there? I think you can. <laughs> no, no threads. What's What's the best one of all three? All these those films you just picked. Uh, for me, Suicide Squad. I actually think that film's dope. Yeah. Yeah, I actually mm. dig it. Yeah, you like that one. One yeah, big I, music video. <laughs> I feel like it I'll works, man. It works. It works for me. The Flash cameo was cool. It, that was this, cool. If it yeah. was like 10% better, it would have been 50% better. I like, get that totally. Yeah. Totally get that, yeah. I don't know. I thought probably pick what's the best. I don't know. Part of me wants to say Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I shouldn't yeah. mind. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's not best a bad score. movie. It's just yeah. the worst of all of them. But Written. like it's being the worst of some of the greatest films of all time. That's okay. Great. I don't yeah. even want to use the word worst. It's just not the best. So yeah. then what would be the reverse for you? Uh, definitely Suicide Squad on the bottom of that pile. No, no, no. Uh, so you did the worst, but what would be your best? Oh, probably like, I don't know, like Rogue One. Uh, that's like one of the first times I'm saying Rogue One over Empire, actually, too. Uh, wow! Like, oh end, shoot! Yeah, Endgame, and then maybe The Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, that that'd be pretty good. That would nice. be pretty good. Or Winter Soldier, you could shove in there. My original thoughts was Rogue One, Winter Soldier, Dark Knight. Oh yes, yes, I like that. I like that. I like that. Troy, you got any for us? Yeah, man, I'm going with versus. So we got Obi Wan versus Anakin. So that's Revenge of the Sith. Just yep. watched it yesterday. Love that movie. Um, <laughs> and then I'm going with Civil War because we got Cap versus Iron Man. We got Spider Man in there, so I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we go. Oh man, am I going there? I'm going there. I guess You're BBS. You got to wow. Yeah, Shoot. man, you have to. You have to have do the to. verse. Look at that. Yeah, I like Damn it. Man. I like yeah, it. Do you know what? Do you know what my favorite part about Troy is? There's a lot of favorite parts about Troy, <laughs> but the fact that he makes time at least once a week to watch Revenge of the Sith or Homecoming. Yeah, yeah, it's on repeat. Like he's burnt out the disc. It doesn't work Pretty anymore. Much. It doesn't spin. Yeah. <laughs> he wore out the digital copy, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got one last one for you guys. Uh, A New Hope. Okay. Uh, the First Avengers. And Watchmen. All okay. kind of team-up films. 
Well, the, I thought you said the first Avenger, like the Captain America. I was like, no, it's oh, called the first yeah. Avenger. Well, like, like, yeah, no, 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 the first <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> okay, I like it, I like it, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to put Justice League, but I was like, no, nah, you know, I, I think Watchmen's the better film, so I'll, I'll put that one on there. Okay, I like I like the verses, though, Troy. I like the verses. Oh, we'll have to do go. this one of these days. There you go. Nice yeah. little, nice little tangent from Sanjay this week, brought to yeah. you by... Sanjay. We should get, like, a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> no, no sponsors <laughs> for us. No, all right guys i gotta get into my weekend out. nerd because yes i had i had a week it it started off pretty darn slow and it blew up over this we, we had a long weekend here i don't know if there's a long weekend everywhere is there one in the states too is labor day in the states yeah, oh yeah yeah, they, yeah, they, okay. yeah, yeah. They labor yeah so yeah. i had a, a good few days i finally landed at the shop walked in there fat stack of comics including the go. 80th anniversary of marvel issue 1000 80 pages. Have not read it yet, but it was quite expensive at 10 bucks. <laughs> What's that? I got the, okay. I think it's the normal cover. It's just the Marvel Comics 1000 with like the guy opening the page. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And everything coming. I don't know. It's just the one that was on the shelf. So I hope it's yeah. the right one because I paid like 15, 12 bucks for it or something. Yeah, it's expensive. Does it's a, it? uh, like yeah. Timely Comics because wasn't that the first Marvel name? Yeah. So, it looks very there? similar. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, 80 people contributed to this thing. So it's pretty crazy. So that was pretty cool. I'm pretty stoked to get back into Cap and Guardians and all that. Um, I binged through. I don't know if you guys have ever watched 13 Reasons Why. It's no. a it's a very intense, heavy subject matter show on Netflix. Um, it deals with things like sexual harassment or sexual assault, suicide, and, and teens and all that. Very, very intense show. Very good show. Well put together. Um, it's going to have, I think it's going to be a bit more, or I'm going to bring it back into the conversation we're talking about the Joker because of the way it deals with certain things and the idea of, you know, does every story have to have a positive spin on it? Does every story have mm. to have a lesson in it type thing? Because this really hits on that end of it where there's a lesson and all that. But my wife and I have been watching this for the, from the beginning, three years of it, and it's, it's quite an enthralling story. Um, mm-hmm. There's some aspects of it that maybe sensationalize things a bit too much, but I don't know. It's worth it's worth a watch for sure for me. This is the third season there now. Yeah, third season. It looks like oh, they wow. they teased a fourth, so I think they've <laughs> signed up for four seasons. Yeah. Um, okay. I saw but, the first one. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> and then I got two things here. I don't know what I want to do first, but I do have a package yeah. here. I'm going to open up live on the podcast. Pretty stoked for it's uh, from my dude Rob Cast. You know, sir. great friend of mine, great friend of the show. He uh, he did a little hunting for me at Fan Expo Toronto a few weeks ago. I know what's in here, um, but I'm just gonna pop it open. I already cut the box. Ooh. Did he send okay. you that lightsaber that he is holding? No, I wish. Pocket <laughs> that one. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a Captain America. So this is the 80th anniversary. Mm. I talked about this last week. It's the um, the copper plated, not copper plated, but cop- uh, copper wash Captain America Funko Pop. Nice. Absolutely beautiful special edition for Fan Expo. Nice. It's uh, from my dude. And then, oh, what? It, oh, okay. I didn't. Oh, no way. Okay. Shoot. I forgot that he got me these. Star Wars Celebration exclusive Pop Pez dispensers. Ooh. Ooh. So we got a Salacious Crumb and a Jabba the Hut. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Nice. The guy's name is Salacious Crumb? Yeah, he's a little guy, the little monkey that goes, <laughs> sits on the side and chews on Jabba's like, tail or whatever. Salacious crumb. Salacious oh, yeah, crumb. Man, he's an OG. Yeah, oh, he wow. Is. Okay. Dope. All right. Well, 
Big thanks. I owe you money, Rob, by the way, for all this. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I love getting this exclusive stuff. It's got the celebration tag on it. It's got the special edition expo tag on here. And, man, big shout out to Rob for sending that out. It arrived today on the doorstep right before we started recording. So it's like kind of brilliant, actually, well-timed for my weekend nerd. And actually, on top of the Funkos, I just went to EB Games because my cousin he sent me a message the other day, and he found an exclusive Boba Fett that is from the holiday special, and he grabbed it for me, and he no sent way. it out, so hopefully getting it, but he pointed out that they have these really cool cases, um, so I went to EB Games looking for those cases, didn't find that one, but I found these like $1.50 plastic, kind of like the steelbook cases we use to put over your Funko Great. Pops, oh, cool. and at buck fifty, they are perfect, so I got a whole bunch of these from my Funkos now. Especially nice. some of the uh, the more exclusives. So if you guys get EB Games or a GameStop, I'm sure is the equivalent in the states. Go grab some of those for your Funko Pops. I gotta start getting things into cases here because I'm worried that either things are gonna fall or it's just I'm starting to get worried about things in here. But really, the the big thing about my weekend nerd this week, guys, yeah, was man. my my big find. So last night, you know, all our kids gone back to school and all that. Uh, little ones started into kindergarten and we're finishing up doing some back to school stuff, getting the groceries and all that. And I always we go to this big store called Superstore here. It's a Loblaws equivalent for those on the eastern or from the eastern part of Canada and all that. And they have a small toy section. And I always make a point whenever I go somewhere that has a toy section, whether it's a Canadian Tire or a whole, like wherever, I always right. take a quick dip. You into never the know. Toy aisle. You never know. You never know is the thing. I'm walking down there, not expecting to find anything. They haven't updated or, or restacked in months. And lo and behold, I'm walking down the aisle. I take a quick turn to my right, and I go, oh, shit. <laughs> and staring right at me is a full run of the Star Wars retro collection figures. Wow. That's a good find. I could not believe it. I like My jaw was on the floor. You know when you get in there, and you've been looking for something for so long. You've never seen it in the wild, never seen it at retail. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it's there. I panicked. I grabbed the whole, all of them and ran away. Because <laughs> I was worried someone's going to see me. Right. And Those so, biker guys might be looking, man. Yeah. Oh, that's it, right? <laughs> Big biker boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you ran into those boys at one point, right? <laughs> but I finally got these all mint cards. I absolutely love this. I know some people had some issues with the cards and them looking beat up and all that. And that these are oh, basically... They look great. I love it. And there's a special yeah. sticker on here. I compared it to my my actual vintage collection figures. I have all these and they look great. It's kind of a really cool throwback line. And I'm so stoked I got it. And this goes back to my conversation from last week. And I debated a little bit here, but I thought I pulled the trigger on everything. I was like, do I need them all? Because it was about 70 bucks for all of them. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, do I need every single one? And I said, you know what? I had this conversation last week about the reinvigoration of Star's fandom for me. And I yeah. said, yes, I need all of them. So I pulled the trigger. <laughs> yes. Nice. Nice. I like it. It's it's real exciting. And that's kind of that thrill that you're 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 chasing, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I try to stay away from the online stuff, but I I always, always end up there. But those moments are the moments that yes. you chase, right? That that is mm-hmm. that like plastic high you're looking for <laughs> yeah how do they look compared to the original like identical or what pretty identical i compare the chewbacca the han and the vader yeah and it's really hard to tell the difference mm. i don't like i'm not opening them because no. i like the card backs and all that and they're not meant to be open i don't think but like i'm assuming on the back so the back leg is where you can always tell on the original vintage you got the 
the number pressed into them, mm-hmm. uh, the date, I should say. And I don't know if these have that because I'm assuming they used like a 3D print mold. I'm not sure exactly right. how like a 3D print of the original mold and then took the back piece off maybe, like the actual number and print off so that – because you don't want these things falling into the market and people paying vintage price for something that was yeah. redone. And I think that's what the card back looks like this too. Yeah. It mm-hmm. looks pre-beat up so that there is a difference, right? Mm. So people aren't spending, you know, a couple grand on whatever, thinking yeah. it's like a mint on card Vader. Yeah. And they right. get it and it's something that's worth $12 from a grocery store, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty exciting week for me. Well, big shout out again to Rob Cast for sending me that stuff. Yeah, the retro yeah. line back into the comics. It's it's been real exciting, guys. But we gotta we gotta well, get well, before we before okay. we change subjects, Troy. You know you're skyping yep. in here, and I see something on your wall I didn't see before. Yeah, what's it, that? Yo, what, is what, that a Phantom Menace? Oh yeah, again. Poster. Yeah, shout out to the homie Carlos again coming through. I finally framed it up. Oh um, man, yeah, man, a gift from the homie. Yeah, it's awesome. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, man, the yeah. Vader. You're the Vader guy. That's perfect for you your know it. Uh, you know it. Nerd room. Yeah, yeah, that's what my yes, shadow is that, looks like. Just is like that, that the one he gave you when we did the... Uh... <laughs> yeah. I'd be a little bit concerned if that was your shadow. <laughs> awesome. Is that the one he gave you when we did the Detours episode? Exactly. Yeah, nice. and he, you know what? He handed me another one. I have another one here rolled up. So if one of you guys want it from Carlos. Maybe. We'll Dude. see. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Cool. Well, we got to get into some news. And talking about action figures and all that we got to take a brief detour over to Triple Force Friday. So, Sanjay, kick back, relax, pop on those glasses. Troy and I are going to talk through <laughs> some action figures well, here. I got okay, I'll be right back. I'll see you guys in five. Okay. <laughs> He's still there. Don't worry, guys. We didn't kick him out. Anyways, we're going to talk about Triple Force Friday. This October, we are on the countdown. We are like a month away from the release of the action figures for Rise of Skywalker, Jedi Fallen Order, and The Mandalorian. Now, we got our first look well not official look our first idea as to what's coming in this figure line now unofficially confirmed we have from the rise of skywalker our first order stormtrooper likely a straight repack what we got from i believe both the last jedi and the force awakens Mm -hmm. that sith trooper the one that was revealed and sold at sccc in 2019 a ray with o or do that's that little droid they rolled out at sd or at uh, celebration a Kylo Ren. I don't know if it's mask on, mask off. I hope maybe a head swap. We've yeah. got two figures coming from Jedi Fallen Order. There's Cal, who's a main character, and a second or the second sister Inquisitor. And then coming mm. from the Mandalorian, we have the Mandalorian himself, as well as IG-11, which is likely just some sort of update, repack, or with additional weapons or something from the IG-88 that came out the archive line. So that gives you a pretty good rundown of what figures we're going to be getting mm-hmm. from Force Friday. Now, Troy, what yeah. are you thinking of the, this line? The Rise of Skywalker stuff is fairly generic for a first run here. We're getting our yeah. two main characters, of course, and two troopers. And then we got the Jedi Fallen Order stuff as well as the Mandalorian stuff. What are you thinking about this line? Not bad. You know, I always love getting the Rey and the Kylo, you know, for yeah. each you know, episode, which is pretty dope. I can't wait to see what kind of Rey we get. Um the Kylo should be cool because we do have that new helmet now, right? With like yes. the the red going through the mask. That's I cracked. really hope it's masked. Oh, that'd be so cool. Just kind of have like some metallic going on to make it look really nice and oh, that'd be cool. Um 
I wanted a Finn though, man. Every year I go after that Finn, or not every year. Every every Star Wars movie we get a Finn figure, so I was hoping we we're gonna get a Finn reveal. But um, the biggest ones for me is the Ray, the Kylo, and the uh, second sister, the Inquisitor. Oh yeah, I mean, that's awesome. a must. That's because was the second sister in Rebels? That's when it was first introduced, right? Or was that one dead by then? Or was it the Soka book? I'm not sure one. where the second sister comes in. I can't remember yeah. if she's in the comics. Or if this is because we're, I think, I don't know if we're still missing one or two of them. I think so. Because a bunch of them got introduced in that Charles Soule Vader run. Yeah. And they had stuff from Rebels. And I don't know if this is a new one for Jedi Fallen Order or I'm not sure. I'm all mixed up on my Inquisitors. Right. I know. It's it's hard to keep track of. But those are the ones I like. And I mean, the Cal I'll get just because I'm excited for the game, but I'm not really a big fan of his overall design, even from the video game itself. So I'll get it just because it's it's Star Wars. And I'm, I'm not much of a trooper guy, so I'm going to skip out on the, the First Order troopers and the Sith troopers. But what, what do you... Oh, the Mandalorian, of course. That's the yes. number one. Yeah. The Man- yeah, of course. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see what that figure looks like. I'm guessing... Um, it's going to be more like the uh, the Boba Fett archive or the Black Series and not the Django where the helmet stays on permanently. We're not going to get like a head swap, which kind of looks better for design anyways. Agreed. I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's going to yeah. be probably the, the head is permanently fixed on there. Yeah. Um, but I'm right there with you. Mandalorian for me is the top. That is the number yeah. one figure for me in this run for, for Triple Horse Friday. And then I'm, I'm a trooper guy, so I'm going to get that Sith Trooper for sure. Yeah, and if that Kylo has the the kind of I don't know if it's Kyber but at least the red kind of metallic look to the helmet as it's yeah. spliced back together, definitely for me that Kylo figure from the Force Awakens is still probably one of my favorite Black Series love figures. It. I love that figure. Love that one. That one's great. Yeah. 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 So it's a pretty pretty decent run here. We're gonna see if we're gonna have to be you know elbows up running down the uh, <laughs> down the aisles at Toys R Us on, on Triple Force Friday. But one thing yeah. I noticed at the at the Toys R Us that usually holds this event, they restacked and they shoved the Star Wars stuff in a tiny aisle. Yeah, oh, we noticed. Yeah, that the too. one down south. Yeah, the one down south. So it's now in that kind of big open space. It's they've put the Marvel where the Star Wars stuff used to be, and now the wrestling figures where the Marvel stuff used to be. And the so I don't know if they're going to open that up because that's a tight aisle to get that's down. That's funny for because Friday. you know the, the one in uh, the other mall in the North Mall, they've totally changed it. So where like the Marvel stuff used to be on the way out when you're going to like the bay. Yeah, yeah. It's all gone. It's all Barbie stuff, and the Marvel stuff's been scaled down. And the Star Wars stuff is like Almost non-existent, gone. but it's really? all Barbie and all wrestling. That's wow. so funny that they changed the other location too. Yeah. Wow, huh. it's pretty is wild. Is that here. Uh, are they all Mattel? Yeah, uh, oh no, yeah, Mattel. there's there's like two Mattel figures at the one. Yeah, I guess they are Mattel. Both of them are Mattel. Yeah, so maybe yeah, maybe they have like a deal with Mattel or something because like maybe Toys R Us is like I don't know how they're doing because it's just Canada, right? So, but is Barbie big like it used to be? The sure, it still is. Yeah, my my daughter likes it. Yeah, yeah. she doesn't love it, but she likes it. So I, I don't it was know. Big in the nineties, but yeah. yeah. Huh. But it's gonna be interesting to see how they how they stack Triple Force Friday here, or if they even get these figures. Mm-hmm. That was that's yeah. always a big question mark. Yeah. Last couple of times we've went, we went and asked. They said no six inch. And... Well, I would think they would with Toys R Us now being a standalone in Canada. You make you, I would hope they'd capitalize off that. I really, really, really hope so because I don't know yeah. where they're going to do the Force Fridays. I guess at Walmart's in the States because it used to be a big Toys R Us event, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Target's and with, Walmart's. Yeah. And this is going to be probably the most figures we've ever gotten on because it is a triple Force Friday, right? So we're yeah. getting, you know, eight figures here. And that's that's a pretty. And, that, and I don't know if any of these are double pack or if these are packed in a funny way. 
So that mm. well, that's something we have to keep our eye on, right? Because if, mm-hmm. if the Rise of Skywalker stuff packed case packed in a certain way, where there's multiple Sith troopers, multiple First Order troopers, and like the Kylo and Rey are single packed, those are the ones we have to go after on Triple Force Friday. So it's about having that yeah. game plan out and looking at these case packs to see how they're they're showing up at the stores, and that'll allow you because the Mandalorian should be double case packed. The Rey and Kylo usually are double packed, but yeah. all so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see, but. I think it's cool that we're starting to get our first insights here. We're a month away here, guys. We've got a lot nice. of momentum from last week, D23. We talked all about the Star Wars stuff and just how excited I'm starting to get again for, for Star Wars. They're they're building that momentum in the right way here. Yeah. You know, getting these retro figures, the Mandalorian stuff, the Rise of Skywalker trailer, and now kind of getting some insight into Triple Force Friday. That that bug, man, it, it's coming back. I, I can it's feel real. it. It's real, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I it's, love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah, man. So exciting. And speaking of The Mandalorian, just quickly here, there was a new picture that comes from Entertainment Weekly, kind of a first look at The Mandalorian. Now, we've seen the trailer. We've seen lots of posters from this. But there, there's a one picture they threw out here, and it is The Mandalorian. He's battling some Trandoshans. So this is the uh, the alien race that we know as Bosk from Empire Strikes Back, first introduced there. Um, it's a really great picture, but it looks like action figure photography if you if yeah. you're asking me it, it's kind of really funny looking <laughs> i don't know if it's a type of filter they put on or the way they use or where they shot it just doesn't look like that any of these guys are actually in motion it looks like <laughs> kind of like you know how people do like amazing action figure photography where yeah. it's meant to imply motion but it's static this looks static yeah. to me like it gives us a really good look at the mandalorian suit and like i was talking about last week this green red you know it's got a fet look to it right yeah uh, more than this is probably the most fet looking image i've seen of the mandalorian yeah. well the um, color palettes right exactly For sure scream that um you're right though it does, it does look very action figure like like i'm looking for like the joints and the articulation yeah. to see if there's any ball <laughs> joints kicking around but the way they are they're posed it's it's interesting too because when you know you see the mandalorian normally or like a, a boba fett like character it's always like guns blazing yeah this is the first time we've really seen him like combat um just with his bare arms so bare hands um yeah it looks cool they yeah the bosch species the the i don't know first second gen klingons they look they look <laughs> they look neat <laughs> but um i'm with you man it's the color schemes of the boba fett which screams like favreau wanted it. to work with boba fett but this i'm i'm down dig it for sure well and it makes me think that there's gonna be and i think there are gonna be several costume changes mm. and i don't know if this is just the way they filtered this image but this is definitely the most colorful because it looked on the original images brown and all that and That's this this barely pop this pops at you quite a bit yeah yeah what yeah, do you think great. of this image sanjay i love it <laughs> <laughs> it's my one favorite word answer mandalorian <laughs> image of all time yeah without there you a doubt. Go. It gets. It has a Star Trek vibe to it a bit. I don't know what it yeah. is. It really does. Yeah, I feel it. Just like the planet look, you know. And yeah. I guess because we know it's TV as well. Yeah, um, we're leaning on that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're very excited. November twelfth, guys. This is gonna hit the streaming service. We're gonna get our first action figures here, and then we're gonna run into Disney Plus. Which, holy, you know, go back last week. Here, I'll talk about everything that came out of D23. What's going down on The Mandalorian, the Rise of Skywalker trailers for Star Wars there. We broke that down in a behemoth of an episode. Oh, so, fun. yeah, just if you want to take a pause, head back, then come back and, and uh, pick up back here with us. Because we're going to do our, our monthly segment now, kind of stepping away from Star Wars here before we get into a little Marvel 
and of course DC. We're gonna do our box office rundown now, guys. Alrighty. For those that are new, for those that are returning, and for those that have been following the box office fantasy draft—that's a nerd room fantasy draft fantasy pool where the three of us have chosen five movies, and Troy has already won the golden <laughs> Spider-Man it's statue. Yet. It's, it's not, not over, over yet. yet. That is right. So we like to take a look back and just see what August has brought us. You know, we're stepped into September here over the weekend. You know, what did we really see debut? Not a whole lot, but we did see a lot of the big movies make a lot of headway, particularly The Lion King, which is now the second mm-hmm. highest grossing film of the year. And past, actually, I believe worldwide, the first Avengers film as far as what? worldwide total. So, yes, The Lion King is doing absolute gangbusters. It's clocked in at $523 million. So, Sanjay, That's you insane. took this first pick, or I would have been third pick, so first mm-hmm. in your pool. Right. Um, it, it's, it's crazy to see how many of these films that Disney has put out that are already top $400 million right. domestically. It, it's it's one hell of a year for Disney. And you got Toy Story 4, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man Far From Home wrapping out the top five, both domestically and globally. So Ooh. it's interesting to watch that we didn't have a whole lot debut in August year, this year. There was no kind of Guardians of the Galaxy, Suicide mm-hmm. Squad type of release. And Guardians, it, it's been very, very quiet at the movie theater there's nothing that i really want to go out and see now we're moving into the september and then october space where we've got two clowns that are really going to dominate the fall yeah and both it and joker oh yeah yeah it's, it's a clown season we are all clowns yes <laughs> so uh so tim before you know before we recorded we were talking about this and and you're still convinced lion king's going to finish number two at the box office you know when we did the pool the yeah. draft. Troy took Endgame first overall. He cheated, right. of course, by taking Endgame. He didn't leave that for me. Come on, um, Troy. Selfishly. Right. <laughs> but I took Rise of Skywalker second. Of course you would, right? Um, right. Sanjay got burned on a Star Wars film last year in yeah. Solo. And I look at Lion King, and this might change. The momentum may have shifted with D23. But mm-hmm. to be honest with you, that momentum that Stars had, and this is, I guess I'm trying to judge this from all three fandoms. I'm slightly immersed in DC, but heavily immersed in Star Wars and Marvel. And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, the buzz on my Twitter timeline was Joker over the past I mean, weekend. Really? It wasn't. Yeah. It kind of, the Mandalorian and Stars coming out simultaneously didn't give a long set of legs for stores to be the main and primary focus around mm-hmm. these three fandoms. Like as a Star Wars fan, if you're completely immersed in that, yeah, that's still what you're talking about. But from Great. someone that kind of keeps track of everything that's going on, the Joker really took a lot of the wind out of those sales, I think. Um, when you're looking at kind of a gross fandom. So do you want to do, do a trade? For Lion King? <laughs> I, you King know what? I can't. Rise. I can't give up. I can't for, uh, give up Rise of Skywalker no. for just. Rise Skywalker. Yeah. It's. I just. I can't do it, man. I as much as I think, and I, you know, okay. I put, probably put the most effort into the pool, and yeah. I'm probably gonna come in last. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite funny. We should get you like, like a golden like you know like the Brazzy Awards. We need to get one for like the last place person that has to display it. Yeah, you were last last year, so you. Get oh, we that should not do that, then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's it's always interesting taking a quick look back at 
the box office here because once you get down really domestically past Aladdin, there's like mm-hmm. a humongous drop off yeah. in yeah. domestic yeah. totals and even global totals. Like it's like once you get to Toy Story Four, it halves down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty crazy to watch. And one other thing I just wanted to, I wanted to po- point out here is I was looking at franchises. And how much money domestically these franchises have pulled? And of course, the Marvel Cinematic Universe tops out at eight and a half billion dollars domestically. That's twenty-three films. I think more impressively, when you compare the Avengers franchise itself, mm-hmm. it is the fifth highest-grossing franchise of all time <laughs> with four films. That's and insane. It's only sits behind Cinematic Universe, Star yeah. Wars. Disney live action and Harry Potter. It's outgrossed wow. eight Spider-Man films, 12 X-Men films, 11 Batman films, <laughs> nine of the direct Harry Potter films, not including oh, the, the, the other ones. Yeah. 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 So I find that wildly impressive that four oh, Avengers yeah. film outgrosses the majority, outgrosses the wow. entirety of the DC extended universe. Yeah. Domestically. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, probably even, even uh internationally i mean endgame is the highest grossing film of all time yeah right like if you look at probably like even avatar itself as a franchise it's probably outgrossed many franchises that's true (laughs) and it's just one film so (laughs) it's crazy um yeah i mean good good for avengers because like (laughs) that sounded so genuine (laughs) i'm trying to like segue here and um i don't know where to go from it but no it is it is interesting um I liked all four Avengers. I this isn't, you... I'm not trying to make you. I'm not trying to make you throw praise on no, Avengers. No, no, it's fine. I just found it it's fascinating. Fine. No, as no, I Troy, do with all I, box I mean, office. Jim, if you want, if you want to play that, like we can play that. Okay, <laughs> if you want to do that. Okay, I, I'm leaving then. Okay, if everyone way stay. You treat me on the pod. <laughs> I think we need to have a intervention here. No, we're gonna we're gonna save that that civil war to for our Shazam <laughs> review that is coming, guys. The most delayed review of all time. You were supposed to be the chosen one, Tim. Is coming? That's an inflection on the end of my voice there with a question mark. <laughs> coming soon, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's just a quick look back and uh, kind of a breakdown of, of the box office. Like we said, not much movement, but we've got It Chapter 2 coming up here, which is a big film for Sanjay. We've got The Joker coming up here as well. And then The Rise of Skywalker for me at the end of the year. So keep your finger on the pulse, guys, by checking out the Twitter feed because I'm going to be posting an update right after this episode drops so you can see how far in front Troy actually is. <laughs> <laughs> that that relative comparison. But anyways, <laughs> let's, let's jump into some Marvel MCU talk. This is going to be one of the last times we talk about Spider-Man Far From yeah. Home in the MCU. <laughs> We've got, for now, for now. Yeah, for now. They announced... <laughs> that we're getting our digital copy of Spider-Man Far From Home hitting TV screens in your home on September 17th. And the home release, the Steelbook release on October 1st. And now when they release this, when they announce this, Sony, they announced it along with one of the deleted scenes that they did show with the extended cut this past Labor Day weekend with Spider-Man reemerging into theaters for one of the last runs, if not the last run of a Spider-Man MCU film for now, in theaters, we got this passport office little short scene where he uses one of the little spider drones to uh, find his way into the front of the passport line. Now, Troy, my man, did you get a yeah. chance to go check out Spider-Man Far From Home extended cut, the director, the Watts cut, whatever you want to call it? <laughs> did you check it out in theaters? Ah, no, unfortunately, I didn't get the chance. Oh, uh, terrible! Troy, it's your last chance. 
I know, man. I messed up, but um, yeah, okay. no, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get to make it out there. Um, shoot, I don't know what I capped in with this movie. I think I finished with three times, which three was just times? the film under Homecoming, because Homecoming, I think I did four in theaters. And how many have you done since you bought the home release? Oh, Homecoming? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I couldn't tell you. I mean, you know, I was kind of in the slums a little bit with Star Wars, so I had to put Revenge of the Sith on the back burner for a bit. But, <laughs> so there's a lot of homecoming going on, but now I'm back in the Star Wars mode and I'm pumping that, you know, episode three. So, um, yeah, man, I couldn't tell you how many times I've gone through uh, nice. homecoming. Quite a, a bit. Yeah. Quite a bit. Yeah. 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 I <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't get out to see Far From Home Extended Cut either, but I think as we predicted from what I can tell online, the additional footage is just him getting ready to go to Europe. So mm-hmm. there's the passport scene, which we saw with the release here of, or the announcement of the, the home release. There is him fighting in the, with the iron spider suit, kind of whatever in that mob boss. And then a few other short things, him selling some action figures. I think he man and Star Wars action figures for some extra <laughs> moolah to head to oh, Europe really? to buy, uh, to That's buy cool. MJ that necklace. Yeah. So it, oh, it's, okay. it's exactly as, as we thought it was, as we was going to be. And so, um yeah sure you know extended cuts re-releases i'm cool with this got a big bump in it i think it ended up with an extra four point or 5.4 million dollars which is pretty close to what endgame did so it was like a boost of 153 some odd percent <laughs> <laughs> so again adding to the massive domestic tally of troy uh for the box office fantasy yeah i, I don't cool. think those re-releases should count in fact they're kind of like cheating so like we're gonna take those out and give one to me and one to you tim i'll take the endgame one <laughs> All right, you know, that's it, fine. I'll take some. Since we've done this, um, I think going back to last year, which was the first year, Deadpool did it, and then Endgame did it, and now this is done. So I've had three films. <laughs> actually, Black Panther got re-released too for the. So it's, oh, but that's free, actually. So I, yeah. I see how it is. Uh, that was a yeah. four-year consideration. Re-release. Yeah, four-year consideration. So three films going back in. So I'm oh. all for it, man. You guys should be too. You guys might pick a film next year and it gets you know bumped what? like ten times. I'm <laughs> game for this stuff. I I like yeah. the idea. You know. I've I've got a few re-releases. If they re-released Endgame again, I would go back to the theater and rewatch it this year. Yeah, really, hundred percent, hundred percent. I yeah. I have the I own the film and I would pay mm-hmm. like twenty dollars to, to go watch it again. <laughs> oh yeah, probably one of the best ones I saw was Jurassic Park when they re-released it in oh, 3D, I, the 3D and I went to see it in 3D. I did, yeah, I watched that re-release too, and I went and saw Phantom Menace re-release in 3D too. Not a lot of people <laughs> like the 3D because they had plans to do Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, and it just mm-hmm. didn't make enough money. And so, but I, I think it's a cool concept. It doesn't have to be in 3D, but yeah. you know, I, I know that some people can call it a cash grab or whatever, but guess what? You don't have to go see it if you don't want to. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's fun. kind of the point. Like they're there to make yeah. money. Um, the Podway scene, how was that being 3D? That must've been awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, nice. the conversion, it was like that post conversion, right? So you can kind of, you can kind of tell, but it, it was just cool to see Phantom Menace on, I can't remember when they did this. This was maybe five years ago. It must yeah. have been for an anniversary of some sort. But I, I love the idea. If they released the original Star Wars films again, oh my God. when Imagine? they did the remastered yeah. re-release and the special edition, I'm yeah. I'm game for stuff like that. Just yeah. to have that opportunity to go back to the theaters. Like it would be mm-hmm. so cool if they released re-released these films for the 50th anniversary or something, right? For sure. In nine, ten years and taking the kids to go see Star Wars in theaters. Like how oh, awesome yeah. would that be? Well, I think so they just cool. released uh, The Matrix, didn't they? At least in the States, The Matrix just got to be released. Yeah, because yeah, that would have been yeah. the 20th anniversary. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. That'd been well, cool. I think uh, Cineplex, they always have, I don't know when, like in the summertime or Canadian theater, they always have like a, a movie marathon or like a movie festival. Yeah. And so they'll always show like older films in theaters. And then one year they did like a DC one. So they had like all the DC Extended Universe movies. I think there's an Indiana Jones one. There's like an Aliens one. And it's pretty cool. So really nice. cool. if you're in Canada, check it out. The problem is, though, they're during like the day. So yeah. you'd have to take the day off right. work to check it out. Yeah. Or even yeah. like it's on the weekends when it's like, yeah, I'm not getting yeah. out of my house at one o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. But yeah, so again, that's probably the last time we're going to see Spider-Man in the MCU on the big screen mm. for at least one film, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> they seem pretty set on on running forward with Spider-Man 3-ish, reboot-ish. Yeah. I don't know. We've talked lots about that in the last couple episodes. So if you want to hear our thoughts on Spider-Man exiting the MCU, go back an episode or two and check that out because we've got to get into some DC discussion, including this (laughs) wild-ass Joker trailer. But the DC Extended Universe, whatever we're calling it now, I guess it's not the Extended Universe holistically, but the DC Film Universe... It's growing at a rapid pace here, and we're going to start mm-hmm. off with Flash. Now, this is a film that has been on and off. We've lost multiple directors, and they finally landed on a guy, Andy Musichetti. He is mm-hmm. the man behind the lens of It Chapter 2. That's right. That's... He also did the uh, first It. Yes, he did. So, huge film in It 1. This is pegged as the, one of the most anticipated films of the fall, It Chapter 2. And he's the one that's going to be helming The Flash. Now, on the press tour for It Chapter 2, he did say, when speaking with Fandango, that The Flash will indeed be his next film. Ooh, and let's do it that up. is a commitment, if I've heard one, guys. You know, we don't have a release date for The Flash, but this is the first director that has owned up to actually being part of this this film and confirmed that it's his next project. (laughs) Yeah, it's been so many directors, man. I think this is like the fifth or sixth director that's been on it. Which is, it's not unprecedented in this space, in Mm -hmm. superhero and all that, but this is probably the one that's had the hardest time finding its footing in Mm -hmm. the the last couple of years. You know, we've had a couple versions of the script been done. Um, They finally landed on one from the, the writer of Bumblebee and Birds of Prey. And right. so it looks like all the pieces have fallen into place. Troy, are you getting the vibe that this is real now? Or are you anticipating <laughs> this at all? Or what's what's your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I'm just exhausted with the whole thing, to be <laughs> honest. I mean, you know what? I, I guess well, one thing is I'm not the biggest fan of the Ezra Miller Flash. Mm-hmm. So I've never really been too excited about this this property, but I love Flash, at least the CW Flash. I think he's great, and I do love the character uh, Barry Allen and Wally West, at least before uh, Heroes in Crisis. But anyways, um, <laughs> you know, the director here hopping in and out, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I'm not really familiar with this stuff outside of uh, It, Chapter 1, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting choice to have like a horror director do this film, something like Flash. But then again, I mean, we've had people like uh, the Russos who do comedy and they gave us one of the best superhero films of all time. So, Great. I mean, anything can happen. But it just, you know, that fatigue of like uh, The Crow. Remember they were going back and forth yeah. with The Crow film? Right. Like, cool. Jason Momoa was attached to it. Yeah. And it's just like, 
I don't know. I just want WB to come out and be like, this is what we're doing, hands mm-hmm. down. But you know what? The success of Joker now, with everything kind of being like out of sorts with the DCU, I wouldn't even be surprised if Ezra's out. Like, if we get a completely new Flash and they just go wow. for it, that would That'd actually be excite me. That excited me a lot more, to be honest, because there was some weird stuff going on with Ezra Miller, right? He wanted to write it. He wanted to go darker, which Mm -hmm. seems like they are going dark here. But um, it seems like something was going on between the two camps there. I think, though, that the director, when they're talking to him, they asked if it would be going to that more horror end of things. And he said that it likely wouldn't. Mm. Oh, okay. I guess that between the script and the character himself... He basically said that the horror likely won't work with the character. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's, true. Um, that's yeah. good to know. I'm glad they're they're well aware of that. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Sanjay, you got to be pretty stoked that we're starting oh, to get some momentum sure. behind this Scarlet Speedster here. Yeah, man. I mean, one of the things DC has to do is they have to beat Marvel to the punch. You know, getting the first like Speedster solo film out there before mm-hmm. Quicksilver gets his you know prequel movie that comes out pretty soon <laughs> yeah, we've got two quicksilvers on the big screen before like that's a proper right. flash that's yeah crazy. and like uh the quicksilver from the x-men universe like his scenes were like some of the best in the movies like i'm talking oh, days that. of future past and apocalypse don't know about dark phoenix haven't seen it yet but i assume if he he does have a cool scene in there it's 90s it could be cool i don't know um but i'm super excited i, I just don't know why wb is taking this long like so you had justice league it didn't go as planned box office wise for sure and you put out an individual Aquaman movie, it makes a billion dollars. Like, they made Aquaman make a billion dollars. I, I don't know why they didn't just be like, let's just do everything. You know, like, Flash is clearly a priority for them. They have the CW show. I think they had, like, another show back in, like, the 90s on, like, Fox. With, uh, was in Wesley Ship was in it. and uh, Yeah, because he's the dad that's in the CW. Flash. Right, yeah. right. So, I mean, I'm really cool. Flash has a lot of cool villains. You know, yeah. he's... He's a really cool character. I stopped reading the comic, but when I did, I really like Gorilla Grodd, so I hope they do something like that. Mm-hmm. But maybe if they did, they'll bring in Matt Reeves from Planet of the Apes. Be like, okay, you're <laughs> off Batman. You know, <laughs> Muschietti, you're in for Batman. Do like Get a horror, Court of Owls. Right? <laughs> oh, that would be better. They should switch him. So <laughs> the Flash director will do Batman, Court of Owls, and then Reeves will do Flash, Gorilla Grodd, and Gorilla City. Boom. You hired this man, WB. <laughs> I don't know well, I why think, I have... think one of the reasons that they didn't throw everything at the wall when Aquaman made a billion dollars is because they're worried of can they replicate quality, right? I'm happy yeah. that they've stopped and said, no, 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 no. You know, if they put it like a mediocre at best yeah. flash film, like that That's would just great. have torn down the universe. Like we talked a long time ago about Aquaman being kind of that pivot point. If Aquaman bombed both yeah. critically and financially, you almost are starting over from scratch, right? right? Everything would be redone. Yeah. Except and for maybe Wonder Woman, but like, yeah, everything would be redone. Yeah. yeah. And that, that begs the question, and this kind of nicely leads us into our next topic about this DC Black film label and about the idea yeah. of making independent films, not based in continuity, Elseworld stories, if you will, that are a little on the darker side, the more mature side, because that's, that's a really a place where... The MCU, if you're going to take that as the, the dominant films in this comic book movie world, uh, they take up that family space, that PG to PG-13 space, and they've basically said that they refuse to do an R version of really anything. And mm-hmm. Deadpool fills a bit of that void, but not so much on... It's more the comedic, the dark comedy end of things, right? Right. And Todd Phillips, director of, of Joker, 
Um, he did an interview here with LA Times, and he was talking about a pitch that he had made to Warner Brothers about creating a DC Black offshoot label to help with films like The Joker to give people the perception that this is separate from main continuity. This is darker. This is different type of storytelling. This is one-off storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I guess the executives basically said, like, all right, let's get through the Joker first, see if it works, right. calm down a bit, <laughs> and then we'll kind of go from there. But mm-hmm. it's an interesting concept, right? Like, you look at their black label from the comic book side of things, doing things like Batman Damned and all that. This yeah. this is, I think, a corner of the market that has not been filled. Like, there, there's a place there, a niche market for these type of films. If you're doing it on the lower end of the budgets, you're telling – pretty wild stories and we're going to get into one of those here in a few minutes with the joker but but what sanjay what do you think of the kind of a dc black film label and could it be successful in the space we are with comic book movies being so widely accessible to all audience ages Um, Mm -hmm. how do you think something like this would do oh i think this would be brilliant like this would be brilliant um you think back like dc used to have the title vertical comics where they'd be kind of like one-off uh, more creative driven, but they'd be like more for adults. You know, we got stuff like Watchmen, V for Vendetta, um, a ton of good stuff. I think like Why the Last Man was Vertigo, uh, stuff that you couldn't put through in the DC imprint because like DC's for all ages. And um, this would be brilliant. Like you have films that maybe like a budget no more than 70 million would probably be the max. So it kind of limits the characters you can do, but it would be like more like nuanced stories. People like Lex Luthor. You could do like a Luther origin or you could do like the idea I, I threw up on Twitter was a, a detective James Gordon. If you had him played by Brad Pitt and you had David Fincher directing it and it was like a murder mystery, like how cool would that be? Mm. Just stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Like stuff like that where, you know, Marvel. Like seven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Like something like that where like Marvel is unwilling to go to. Right. Cause at this point in the game, pretty much no matter what dc is always going to be seen as the second like film Mm -hmm. universe right um barring like a complete 180 but i i just don't see it so you can have your cake and eat it too you can put out you know your connected universe films your suicide squad 2 your flash movie your aquaman 2 your wonder woman 84 your birds of prey and then you could also put in your like other ones that would really like build up your goodwill films that maybe like get oscar nominations films that probably make the company like 200 million dollars just because the dc characters are connected to it you know what i mean something like like a luther origin if it's played by i don't know who's the guy from breaking bad and brian uh, cranston brian cranston like yeah. do something like that like that would be cool right just like just try it all out i'd be down yeah, yeah it's an interesting concept i think and i i really don't know like can can rated r movies be widely consumed is the, I guess the biggest thing no is the answer um but Great. you're talking like Oscar buzz already for Joker like yeah. Troy do you, do you think a black label can work um do you think because uh, with Disney being so franchise focused yeah this is something that completely is the opposite end of the spectrum from that yeah yeah you know I think um I think there's definitely room for this and, and you know I really like that that like a true Gotham idea with Sunday just pitched there. Not that TV show, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Gordon thing going on here. And, and, and I would like them to stay away from like the DC 
Bat label, which has been dubbed in the comics because it's it's right. very heavily focused on Batman stuff. I would like to see more characters outside of the Bat family, like a Constantine or a Lobo or oh, something low so budget. Um, but I do like this idea, and I do like Joker kind of being like the uh, blueprint to see mm-hmm, how it mm-hmm. works. But um, I think there might be room for it as long as they don't confuse the audience too much. Because even right now, we're kind of confused. Like, where does um, Robert Pattinson's Batman take place? Like, is he DC? Right. Or is he standing out? So I think you, if you did it, I think you kind of stick with the core Justice League members out. Mm-hmm. And then you sprinkle in, like, the guys like the Constantines or... Or the lower class, not lower class, because Joker's the hugest villain now of Batman. But, you know, those other kind of villains, like a Penguin right. or, or oh, whoever. But cool. I think you kind of keep the main heroes, the core heroes out mm-hmm. of the, the Black Label. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's kind of cool, though. Especially because you go the Blumhouse route, right? Where you, mm-hmm. you pitch, like, a low amount of money for the budget. And then you, you make some, some bank back. So I think that's... I think it's kind of cool. I dig it. I like this idea. Yeah. One thing yeah. I'd like to pitch is uh, the Black Label every like couple of years should do like a $25 million darker animated film. Something like the production value of uh, maybe not Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, but something like that. You know, something where it's like more for adults, takes risks and just do animated. And because uh, like the DC animated films are all really cool, but the production budgets are like four or five million dollars. Right. Mm-hmm. So All this thing, take the, yeah. take the animated properties, those films, like say the Aquaman, Atlantis, whatever, throw it mm-hmm. on the big screen. I, I would like, yeah, but like, like do it like different stories or even like original stories, but like have like a higher production value. So it's not just like straight to video. So there is like, you know, big name voice actors. There is like great animators and there is like stories that they tell that maybe, maybe not have had an animated film yet or something that would be hard to do in live action. Mm-hmm. Do you think they could even do something like what they did with like Netflix? Like Netflix has that deal on, say, uh, what was that last Oscar buzz movie? Rona? Roma? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, but it gets a limited release in the theaters for like a week or two. But then you can watch it on like the WB app or whatever the case is. Kind of promotes yeah. both ends. But but I don't know. It's like, what are you trying to get out of it, too, though? Because like, Teen yeah. Times Go is huge. And that mm-hmm. didn't make that much money, right? And it couldn't right. cost that much to put, to put out there. Well, I, I think, I, yeah. I think that's the one one key question I have is why have an adult label? Like, what are you chasing in an adult label other than saying it's for adults only? Like, is it right. swearing? Is it blood and guts? Is it yeah. just content? Because I think with the Joker and the Benner, it's rated R, right? Oh, absolutely. It's a yeah. hard R, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's about that end of the Deadpool end of things where it's like yeah. kind of the gratuitous knife crap and all that, right? Which is yeah. fine. That's Deadpool. Like that's the way it has to be made. This is about yeah. subject matter, more so, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's mature right. subject matter and not yeah. lightening the tone of the film to get it away from the hard R. I think that if they focus on that as opposed to, like I said, the gratuitous blood and swearing and all that, like, I don't, yeah. I don't need that in the film. I, you know, I think there's moments where films require things like that, mm-hmm. um, but like your Tarantino style of R. I don't know if you need in this space, right? Mm. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if this develops because we had a couple films coming up here that are leaning on that arm. One is Joker and one is, I think, potentially Birds of Prey. Yeah. Um, so before we talk about that, I just wanted to, you know, piggyback off what you just said, Tim. I think really like what they want to do with, with this label is kind of freedom. Um, you know, there's no connected universe, so you don't have to adhere to continuity. Yeah. So you could make a Joker film with Joaquin Phoenix, 
but he doesn't have to be like, well, in this Batman film, he got his face punched in and he has a damage tattoo on his forehead. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Arr. like you have that freedom. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in terms of chasing, like, you know, I think the R, they don't all have to be R, but they could just all be like independent um, yeah. films that are kind of just like set in their own universe. As you said, Joker, you have to have it rated R. But if you did, you know, like a Plastic Man film for 15, 20 million bucks, you, that doesn't have to be rated R. No. But it doesn't have to be connected to the DC universe yeah. either. I think that's the point, right? It's about subject mm-hmm. matter and storytelling right. over top of anything else, over top of just saying it's R for the sake of being R. Mm-hmm. Right? And so remind me, is Birds of Prey rated R? Or is it intended uh, yeah, to be? Yeah, I actually heard it was rated R, but I haven't had any confirmation yet. But uh, Christina Hodson, the writer, and uh, Kathy Yan, the director, I think they mentioned, yeah, it, this will be rated R. Judging you, by the first little bit of trailers, it does seem like, yeah, it does seem a little bit R-ish. You know, it's it's funny because so with, with Birds of Prey here, and have you guys ever Googled Birds of Prey images? Because there's a whole bunch of images. <laughs> Do you know what comes up? I'm Literal birds of prey. Yeah. Yeah. Hawks and shit like that. <laughs> Eagles. Um, so it took a little bit more Googling to find to find these images. But yeah. they did release or some images released and they're on the back end of a leaked trailer. So the trailer itself has been classified and that really tells us that it's coming at some point in time here in the next probably couple of days or so within the week. Mm-hmm. likely so we'll probably be talking about that next week did you just google birds of prey try yeah. <laughs> yeah a bunch of eagles have popped up yeah nice, right nice. i think this trailer's supposed to play it chapter two. Oh, is it okay yeah so it might just be like tenant like the new christopher nolan film where it was only released in theaters okay interesting yeah well yeah they, they gotta build the buzz behind this one here because yeah it's to me it's a confusing title already but the images on it are speaking to the tone that it's trying to set. It mm-hmm. does, like you said, it does look darker. Um, there does look like some intense fight scenes. And they're playing with the color palette as well. So some of the images, you just Google Birds of Prey images, but you have to put DC film on it. Just oh, yeah. <laughs> hint there. And the, one of the key things that this trailer, these images are really focused around is, is Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Margot Robbie returning to the role that she played in Suicide Squad. And I... Again, I don't know if this is connected, if this is Elseworld, what this is exactly. It doesn't really matter at this point. But Harley Quinn is looking looking pretty good again, like pretty wild, pretty sadistic. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got that, that mallet, and it's it's kind of a, a different look than we're used to, or at least than I'm used to. Um, but interesting, we're seeing Hugh McGregor here too as, as the Black Mask, pre-Black Mask it looks like. Um, but this film is starting to get some hype behind it. There was some discussion in the background as it's a, you know, rogue one, all hands on deck type thing, but <laughs> I don't know. Some of that stuff I think gets blown way out of proportion. It's, I think yeah. it's pretty normal to have rewrites as you're shooting. It's pretty normal to do reshoots. It's pretty normal to have a bit of chaos in set. That's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're making a chaotic film, but it's looking interesting nonetheless. Oh yeah. Like just looking at some of the set pictures, to me, the really ones that stand out is Harley Quinn. She's like on rollerblades and this is funky lair. Like, I don't know if it's like her hideout or what, but like there's like a hand. The color palette's really cool. There's like some neon light. Like it, this film is, looks wacky. I don't know. It looks kind of like a carnival almost or as like long, an amusement park. As long as it's on purpose with the the color palette and neon thing and not that like kind of retroactive, we're going to work our way into this Suicide Squad type version of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like I'm yeah, not trying to purposely knock that film, but no. it did struggle with that that idea, right? It tried mm-hmm. to be something that it really wasn't, 
And this seems to be more embracing that from the onset and working right. that into the story. So right. I, I don't know, Trey, you digging kind of birds of prey? Or are you just buzzing through uh, eagle pictures right now? <laughs> yeah, I absolutely was, man. Um, nothing but eagle pictures over on my end here. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I never got a chance to see like that trailer that was that's leaked or dropped, but um, mm-hmm. the photos seem cool. Obviously, my biggest takeaway is Margot Robbie and, of course, Hugh McGregor. Uh, yes. Especially mm-hmm. just to see him play a baddie. I mean, at least from my experiences, I've never quite seen him play one yet. So, um, yeah, all around, I'm just looking forward to that, man. I mean, the last time I really saw Black Mask on the anything big was um, the Arkham Origins game. So oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. it'll be cool. I just can't wait to see what he looks like, man, with that mask. Sounds yeah. good, yeah. 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 Something to keep their, our eye on. Now, this comes out, remind me, Sanjay, early 2020, February 2020? Uh, f- yeah, February 2020. So it's the first superhero film of 2020. Yeah, mm. so we should see a trailer here, like you said. Likely attached to it, chapter two, and likely dropped online not too long after, if not before. Uh, mm-hmm. These things have to be kind of made evented in the the social media frame um, for quite some time to get that momentum to build. And these films need that that build. And I think we're likely to talk about this next week, if not sooner, just on Twitter. But now, guys, we got to get into the kind of the main event of the podcast for this week, and that is this Joker trailer. This dropped. Jeez, was it Thursday when release day for our episode? Yeah. Or maybe Wednesday after recording and grabs us is to actually come back to the mics just to talk about yeah. this wild trailer. So we're here. We're going to break this down. And I, I said to the guys before we recorded this, I said, I have no idea how we're going to break this trailer down because I don't even know mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> what we talk about because there's not like there's big action set pieces that we're going to talk about or kind of the flow of the story. This is a very well put together trailer. Mm-hmm. And it gives us a lot of insight into the character of Arthur Fleck slash the Joker. But I, I just don't like we're going to talk about some of the implications for the trailer, what it's telling us about the film. But it kind of it's a little different than other trailers I think we've seen in the past, particularly in the comic book movie space. I don't even know, again, if you can call it that it is a comic book adaptation. But it's definitely, and I like to use the term genre bending when it comes to this, showing that these comic book movie films can take on really any form now. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, before we get into the trailer, though, let's talk quickly about the reaction this film is getting from critics and from people that have seen it. The reviews and reactions went live. So Rotten Tomato, people are are now putting up their, their reviews this thing got an eight-minute standing ovation at the Venice wow. Film Festival wow. this past weekend. That's you know, impressive. People were talking about Joaquin Phoenix being tapped for an Oscar. And I don't know if this is unprecedented, but has there ever been anyone that's been nominated twice? Or a character that's been portrayed by two different actors and both of them nominated for an yeah. Oscar award for acting? Is there something like has that happened? I heard, I heard that, yeah, in Godfather. Okay. Um, who was it? Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro. Oh, cool. All played uh, Vito Corleone, I think. Okay. He, like, like the Godfather. Yeah. So cool. Marlon Brando played him older, and then Robert De Niro played oh, him younger. Yeah, 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 yeah yes. in the sequel. Yeah. But I, other than that, I, yeah, I doubt so, it. So this thing's getting that that high praise already. When you're talking Oscars, and you know, has 85 percent Rotten Tomato. Again, this isn't something that we stick you know, hard and fast mm-hmm. too. It's a bit of a barometer for kind of some early thoughts, which is, is very, very high. Not as high as some of this like eight minute standing ovation would speak to. They're basically talking about this idea that 
Joaquin really Joaquin Phoenix really steals the show here, and it's oh. kind of this very dark and something that's a bit more that i don't know what this is actually going to be to be honest with you guys <laughs> Let, let's get into the trailer though all right let's do it um up. so we're, we're redefining the character again here this is what our fifth or sixth portrayal in live action of of this character going all the way back to 66 and cesar romero <laughs> um, <laughs> that guy was wow. a beaut we've seen some recent iterations that weren't as well received and we've got heath ledger who up until this point is really the the like the the standard for the Joker, even beyond Jack Nicholson, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the gold standard that is, and people always going back to the idea of how are you going to top Ledger? And it looks like, at least from kind of the early reviews, the early reactions, that that Joaquin Phoenix has got there. And I think what this trailer is really showing us is that it's that deep dive into the psyche of the man behind the makeup that may be making the difference here. Uh, we didn't get a lot of that from any other iteration of Joker is who's behind the makeup and how did they get there? Mm-hmm. And this film seems to be very much that. At least that's what I'm getting getting from the trailer, at least. It's this kind of deep dive into the psyche of a man that's really rejected by society, rejected by everything, and watching him veer off into into almost pure insanity. Um, yeah. what, what's your take, Troy, on, on this trailer, the, the kind of holistically before we get into some of the more detailed things? Oh, man. Oh, this trailer right here. Um, <laughs> where do I begin? You know, I think I went back before probably Endgame and obviously Far From Home. But um, I think I said that first trailer was like my trailer of the year. Like, I mm-hmm. love that trailer. And and this one surpassed it. I, I, wow. I got to stamp it right here. I think this is my... My favorite trailer of 2019, wow. man. I wow. absolutely love what they did with this. And this is coming from somebody that, you know, going back to what a year or two ago when we heard we're getting a Joker movie without Batman while we're having like the Suicide Squad Joker running around. I thought that was ridiculous. I thought it was bogus. And here I am. I can't wait for October to see this film. I'm thrilled completely. I don't know what I'm expecting. Um, I love the look of what Walking Phoenix is doing with this character and actually giving us like a more insight of this uh was it affleck character uh, arthur fleck yeah arthur, arthur fleck, fleck yeah. affleck I wonder I said that. Yeah. <laughs> arthur fleck um and just to see like his this, this troubled mind going on i think it's gonna be a cool character study on this well on the joker and uh just going back to the 80s of gotham and i'm thrilled guys i just i want this movie now i'm really in there love it i love <laughs> so it Jeez. you feel the same way sunny about this no, I hate it. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, to me, it kind of seems like watching these trailers, seeing the early reviews, seems like they pulled it off. Like, there's so much hype around this film. Look at the first trailer, 50 million views. The second one's already at like 25 million views on YouTube, which is insane for like a smaller budget film. Like, man, that's 75 million views in two trailers. And like going back to the reviews, like I think 85% around tomatoes, which is fantastic. But you know, we've kind of been spoiled with movies getting in the 80s and mid to high 90s um, lately. But when you look at the reviews on um, Metacritic, they post the reviews and they have a score. I think they said they've had six perfect reviews already. Um, but a then, lot, yeah. Which is a lot. And they're all from like geek sites like IGN and Total Film and stuff like that that are really praising this film. Um, other sites that aren't following, like that don't follow comic book movies as much as we do, that's kind of where a lot of the negativity is coming from. And I say negativity, relative, right? I mean, 
shit, man, I would love for BVS to get 85% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so, like, yeah, man, 85%, yeah, I'll eat that all day. You know, it's interesting watching just through the eyes of this trailer. And mm-hmm. you're talking about the idea of a perfect film, 10 out of 10. I don't even know what that means, <laughs> right? Like, for me, a 10 out of 10 is Endgame. But they're completely right. different films. And for completely mm-hmm. different reasons, they're 10 out of 10, right? There's some really strong acting in Endgame, but I don't think anything like we're going to see in this. This, 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 and the confusing thing about this for me, and I think this is why I've had so much trouble with this trailer. It's a great trailer. I wouldn't call it my favorite trailer of 2019 by, by any stretch. Like it's very well crafted. The music, the tone, the aesthetic that it portrays right through there. The, you know, like you say, Troy, that deep character study of, of Arthur Fleck, it's completely reflected in this trailer. I think the movie in itself is you get a really good preview for what it's going to be. But I, I just, like looking at this this as kind of holistically as a film, I'm struggling where I need to be on this. Like I'm looking for like who's the protagonist in this? Does there need to be a protagonist in a film like this? Does it need to be a positive message at the end of a film? You know, we we go through life and almost every movie there's some message kind of buried in here, and I'm sure there's a deep dark message in this. I'm mm-hmm. convinced of it, but is. Like, how do you think the structure of the film is going to work? Like, they're, you're kind of meant to kind of sympathize with this character that's slowly breaking in front of you and eventually turns to what I'm assuming is violence and a justified violence because of the way he's been treated. But, this, and this is where some of the issues, if you go on Twitter and that, people have this idea of sensationalizing kind of mental health issues as a justification for violence. Uh, and justification for violence but is that something that like you catch that through the trailer but is that something that as a film the way it's being presented that you think it's people are going to struggle with a bit more sanjay you know it's it's tough to say because we haven't really seen the film yet so it's hard to say like what message or you know if we sympathize sympathize with the joker or if he's just shown as someone that you think you sympathize with in parts but then in other parts you're like you're horrified by him. I think that's like what the director said is his intention was. Sometimes you you're like yeah you know this guy's got a bum rap. And other times you're like oh my god like I can't believe he did that. <laughs> so you know it, it's getting it's hard to answer that. I think like it's tough to say because um, when you think of like a director and he puts a film like this like there's going to be a lot of eyes on it. It's it's a different spin. It's a different film that we've got that from a uh, from like you know any comic book movie and i think you know it's hard for a director because you know you can't you can't imagine or you can't know how people are going to interpret your film uh it's a piece of art so for someone they may go in and see joker and get one message out of it someone may go in and see joker and get another message And, and it's very hard for the director to put their mind saying okay well if i put this on screen and someone sees it how are they going to react to it you know, you know, are they going to do something that, you know, that they shouldn't do after seeing this film? Um, and, and, you know, you, you can't, you, you can't think that way because, you know, how does, how does he know, right? Like, how does the director, how do the writers know how are you going to take this film? How is, uh, you know, film society, how, how is everyone going to take this film after you see it? So, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough, tough thing to say. All I could say is, he had this vision for this film. He wanted to put it on screen. 
you know, you can see it and then make up your own mind of the film after you see it. Um, the people that gave negative reviews, they seen the film. So clearly there was something they didn't like about it. I haven't seen the film, so I can't, I can't talk about it uh, until I see the film. You know, I think probably this film more than ever is, is ready for whatever message they're going to send. I think we're in the times now of, of the we're cheering for the baddies in Game of Thrones. We're cheering for the Walter White and Breaking Bad. You know, we're we're waiting for a villain movie. You know, everybody's a fan of the Scarface, the upcoming bad guy. You, I, I think more than now, we're we're ready for this film, or at least people want to watch and see it. So yeah. I'm not too necessarily worried about that, to be honest. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. and this more so than even some of the other bigger combo film is going to be, I think, a piece of art. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. There's something very specific about the way that. Joaquin Phoenix is portraying this character, at least really onset here in the trailer. You know, we're seeing him, he's always huddled over, right? He's yeah. Got mm-hmm. His shoulders collapsed in on his body. He's very skinny. He's getting the shit kicked in him a lot. Yeah. And you see him put himself out there to the world. And you've got River De Niro in here that you just mentioned here from, um, you know, what is it, uh, Godfather fame and all that. He's playing right. kind of this Johnny Carson esque type yeah. character, right? Mm hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and we see him beating down. So like society at every corner, every pass, you know, whether he's at work, whether he's with his therapist, whether he's being shown on TV here, you see, and you can see in that moment too, when he, when he pops up on TV, you can see his shoulders come back, his chest yeah. comes out and he gets, and then he's dropped back in. Right. And yeah. then I, I love that aspect of where Joaquin Phoenix is taking him, even kind of at the start when he's playing with the kid. And the mother yes. turns around and is yeah. like, what are you doing? Like, don't <laughs> yeah. touch my, don't look at my kid. Yeah. Right. And he right. just wants that acceptance, right? You know, mm-hmm. he's a very lonely looking character. Someone that's, that's really wants and hungry for just some general acceptance of some sort. And mm-hmm. to me, this trailer, it speaks volumes for how Joaquin Phoenix is actually going to nail this oh. fucking character. Oh, you? Yeah. Like the one scene that stood out, uh, stood out for me was uh, he's in the hospital room. Looks like his mom isn't doing so well. And Robert De Niro comes in on the talk show and is like, hey, like speaking, you know, like the, you know, they always have like the clips of the week on those talk shows. Mm-hmm. And then they show Walking Phoenix, you know, his Joker. And he's like, you know, they always said I'd be a comedian, but no one's laughing now. And just is so cutting. He's like, you got that right, buddy. And just you see his face, you know, he's like so excited. He's like, look, I made it on TV. Yeah. Like I'm a comedian on TV. And then for him to get cut down, like that is so harsh. Like, you know, and Robert De Niro probably, you know, the character probably didn't think anything of it, you know, and just how it just completely wrecks his whole world. And you get that, like just by looking at his face, you get that. Yeah. But it's, it's cool, too, because going back to Tim, because then you flash mm-hmm. forward in the trailer and you see it's a complete 360. Robert mm-hmm. Nero's yeah. loving him off. He now has embraced the, the Joker mantle yeah. or persona, and um, he's loving life. I love seeing that that altered identity of his going mm-hmm. from Fleck to Joker, and he's he's so confident. And honestly, the best person for the role is Walking Phoenix because that guy just destroys every role that he's in. He gets so right. invested. He's, he's much like... Um, how would I be? What's the other actor? Oh, actor Daniel Day Lewis. Exactly, method actor, yeah. right? That just gets into the role. And I thought the same thing with Jared Leto. I thought he's going to be that type too. Is just a mm-hmm. different direction, I guess, on the character. But man, I'm excited to see what this guy's going to do with it because there's lots and lots of stuff you can play around with here. This film. Yeah. Do you think there'll be any connectivity to the uh, Batman lore? Like, will we see something? Like, will we see? Well, that's Thomas the... Wayne that punched him, wasn't right? It? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. think we'll see more? Like, we'll see like Bruce. 
the first trailer we saw Bruce, I thought. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, so he's like. There. Yeah. So like, is there gonna be other Easter eggs? Like maybe like an Alfred or like a Haley Circus or stuff like that? Do you think they're gonna uh, really put those stuff in, or are they just gonna focus more on Joker? I think uh, there'll be nods to things. I don't yeah. know if there'll be direct references to like, hey, this is Alfred. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, with Thomas Wayne there, there'll definitely likely be an Alfred of some sort. But I like the idea that Thomas Wayne, or at least they're hinting at Thomas Wayne, in part is contributing to the creation of the Joker, his yeah. son's, you know, right. arch nemesis. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's pretty cool here. And to your point, Troy, there again, too, about the idea of the makeup and yeah. the man behind it. You know, they spend a lot of time showing him putting on the makeup in the trailer yeah. onto his tongue. And once he gets that, he's like skipping and hopping down the steps. Yeah. He's on this talk mm-hmm. show. And I even like it more so that the Joker face, you know, and we talked yes. a little bit about this before the podcast, Sanjay, taking on kind of this like Guy Fox type of, of almost uh, symbol of resistance against kind of this established order yeah. right. and pushing back against society along kind of the, the class lines. And I, that I like that kind of idea of a movement behind the Joker and mm-hmm. him not just having like goons that are doing yeah. his work. And yeah. it's more of something a bit bigger, right? You look at this, he's got a, there's a great line in here about, you know, from a whole life, I didn't know if I really existed, but I do. People are really starting to notice. So that mm-hmm. goes to the idea that the Joker becomes more of a symbol than yeah, anything. Right. Um, and we've seen a lot of this in society now about how there's this massive divide growing, uh, Mm. between the rich and the poor and they're playing to that. Yeah. This is set, you know, seventies, eighties, whenever it's set. Uh, but I like that idea that it's, it's less about the goons and more about a growing resistance behind the Joker. And that's where he gets his momentum from. And anyone can put on that mask and all of a sudden become someone that they're not. So it's, it's all about putting that front on. Right. And realistically, the always the thing that I've always loved about the the idea of the makeup and the mask is that like it's this thin veil across your face, right? It's really nothing, yeah. but it does everything for this character. It's it's yeah. really interesting to watch. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I love that. Like with the movement of the Joker, you know, I bet you comic book writers and comic book artists are going to take inspiration from this film, and they're going to oh, yeah. weave it into their stories going forward. And you know, it, it brings up an interesting thing about how this is completely original film. And, you know, the more original films you do, the more it gets integrated into comic books. And it's kind of like a circle, like before the comic books were feeding into the movies. But now it seems like, you know, this, the movie's going to be feeding into the comic books. And we've seen that before in the past, like after Dark Knight Rises came out, sometimes you see Bane, he'd be rocking like the fur coat and stuff like that. So I think you see that in the MCU big time. Oh, absolutely. Right. So even Jack Nicholson's uh, Joker, right? Mm -hmm. uh, He's in the White Knight, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, do you think at the end he's going to don the purple suit? Because right now he's kind of got the burgundy suit, but every time you think Joker, he's got the purple suit, he's got the top hat. Do you think we're going to see that as like a final shot? I don't. I think what we get, what we see is what we're going to get as far as the Joker. Um, right. I, I don't think that they need to go that deep into, you know, aligning with the the source material that needs to be in the purple. It's got to be different, right? Yeah. And I like the look. I really like the look. Just yeah. freaky. You know, to be honest, for me, um, I don't even care for it. Like, for, from watching this, I got the Joker. I mean, mm-hmm. it is a different take, but I got it. And the other thing is, I didn't even care for Batman. Like, the whole time mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, how are you going to do a you know, Joker film without Batman or a Venom film without Spider-Man? This right here is like, I don't even care for Batman. Just give me right. all of this. So, right. 100%. I'm sold, man. 
Yeah. yeah what, what do you guys think of, you know, one of the things that the Joker character needs to be underpinned by is the laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Mark Hamill, Jack Nicholson, yeah. Heath Ledger, even the pirate laugh from Jared Leto, right? <laughs> it's all going to it's all gonna have some basis, right? That's the thing that people are looking for. Mm-hmm. And we get that in this trailer. And the two things that I love about this is we get his laugh. And then we saw this in the first trailer. He goes from this wild laugh and then his face, everything oh. changes as he turns the corner. And yeah. it's almost like he goes from Arthur Fleck transitions through the laugh into the Joker in those three, four steps. But I like the laugh for me, it's menacing. It's oh, so eerie. Good. It's scary. Yeah. yeah. It's when it comes out of that little, t- like he's this oh. frail little guy. Yeah. And that laugh comes, it's like, holy jeez. Wow. Like that to me is like your Mark Hamill mm-hmm. wild, crazy laugh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I, oh, that laugh, you know, and especially because all these other Jokers, when we see the laugh, you just think of a crazy person laughing. Mm-hmm. But here, you like you mentioned, it's literally an off switch, which mm-hmm. makes it even more dangerous and more like, whoa, what yeah. is up with this character? Because right. as he's walking through that hallway, he gives you that laugh, and it's almost just like he's rehearsed it. Like it's choreographed. Yes. He just, 100%, just right? does it on the drop of the dime, and it just makes it like, wow, ah, terrifying. Yeah. It's like a rallying Funny. cry or something. It's, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, like like I said, th- this trailer gives us the insight into both Arthur Fleck and Joker without giving us too much of what the end game is for the film. That's, I mm-hmm. think, my biggest question mark. One of my most intriguing things and the thing that's driving me into the theater is not only to see the performance here, but it's to see where this movie goes. Like, I don't yeah, know right? where this movie is going. Like, I have no, no clue how it's going to end. Like, how do you yeah. end this film? Like, I, that's <laughs> probably the two thing ways that... yeah like either he dies or he lives which i mean <laughs> it may sound stupid but you know he either dies or he goes on living as a joker and then eventually he fights batman or this was just a one-off character joker that just dies and then the universe is over yeah i mean i think the easy route obviously is to do the reverse you know batman begins and it ends <laughs> with a batman which is that's super easy right i mean just like a bat flies a batman, at him but just you know a kid being or you know the papers thomas wayne's been killed right you know, outside yeah. of crime alley or whatever well you see the one shot they have the wayne family outside a theater yeah. and then in the poster is excalibur which in uh batman vs superman was the movie that they go to before they get shot Oh, see, that's not right, though, because in the comics, it's Zorro. Bruce always right, watches Zorro, right. so what's going yeah, on? Exactly. Huh? It could just be like a, it could just be like a age thing, right? Because <laughs> in the comics, Zorro came out probably like in the 60s, you know? Classic, man. It was a great 90s film. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Antonio Banderas. Awesome. Can you imagine, though? Like, come on. Like, you're trying to have like a serious scene with the Waynes getting killed, and then you see the Mask of Zorro poster. Inspired like, Batman. It wouldn't fit. You got to go Excalibur. Maybe something else. That fits. Maybe last. something else. I don't know. Yeah, but it's so. I guess to kind of wrap the trailer discussion up here, because unless there's anything else that I'm missing here, guys, because like I said, that there's there's not a crazy amount to discuss. It's all framed around yeah. the idea of these two characters, both Arthur mm-hmm. Fleck and the Joker. We don't even really see much of the supporting cast. Yeah, you get some snippets here of Arthur or uh, Arthur of Thomas Wayne of Robert De Niro's character, Jenny Carson character, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we even get Zazie Beats in there a little bit, like a, a mm-hmm. quick clip of her. But it's really nothing more than than showing you. Like, there's not even a lot of dialogue in the trailer, but it's really showing you Joaquin Phoenix and what he's going to do here. And I think that's the selling point, the selling feature of the film. 
But overall, does this does this change your hype, Troy? Does this get you, you know, you're already on, you know, 10 on this. Does oh, this yeah. get you to 12, 15, whatever? Is this like, of course, this is day one almost for, for us here. Yeah. It, does this trailer move the needle enough or more for you? Oh, yeah, more. Big time, big time. Uh, quickly mentioned, too, I just love it's a quick little brief shot of him with the, the face paint, like the white mask, yes. but it's not fully done. Yeah. He's kind of like sideways, upside down. I thought Ooh, that shot was incredible. Cool. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. But yeah, I'm right there, day one. Can't wait to see it with the crew, even though Sonny's, I don't know where Sonny's going to be. Yo, man, I'm just saying, we'll see, we'll see, we'll right. see it yeah. one day. Right. Like, right. we'll see it this you. weekend, that weekend. Yeah, yeah I'm not gonna yeah, abandon man. you guys. Yeah, man. This is your brotherhood. Um, Whatever. It's fine. You're gonna make me turn into the Joker now. <laughs> take it easy. <laughs> Maybe we'll take auditions. Yeah. <laughs> very, very particular sense of humor we're looking for. <laughs> Carlos is in. He's replaced me. He's usurped me. <laughs> He's your brown friend with way more DC knowledge than me. We've got to maintain the most diverse podcast on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Sonny, again, we know you, you're at 100% on this, yeah, but man. does this trailer oh, yeah. change anything for you? Uh, the only thing it changes is my box office prediction. You know, I took this thing in the last film, and I think this film's going to overperform. Like, it's definitely the 15th film taken in our fantasy draft. It's not going to finish 15th overall in the box office like this thing is gonna be top 10 is this your I think, final movie sorry th- yeah this was the final film that we took that i took in the it's whole final movie, yeah so uh I- i'm seeing you know i initially had like 150 million for this i'm now seeing well over 200 million like i i think this opening weekend is gonna crack 100 million which is insane no, i don't think so you think so i think, I think so yeah i mean think are about do, are we gonna throw it out there or box office predictions or what all sure. right let's do it let's do it opening weekend and final i'll say 100 million opening weekend and i'll say 300 million total 300 million what? for an r-rated joker film really? that's what i'm calling i'll say 89 opening that's like that's, that's, my, <laughs> that's my that's my max bob um 89 million <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh worldwide or domestic we say for your end? We'll do domestic we'll do domestic uh ending gross one one thirty two whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry no no that's crazy one 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 fifty two i was gonna say so so it makes 90 million opening weekend and then 50 million for the rest. <laughs> but you know i'm thinking about the other things coming up too right there's gonna be frozen there's gonna be maleficent there's gonna be a bunch of things that's but no take. one who's going to see frozen 2 is also gonna be seeing joker you know what i mean like it's totally you. different demographics <laughs> yeah well i will <laughs> but it is totally different demographic right mm-hmm. like a lot of people me Troy going to the theater saying like oh I didn't get into Joker I'll go see Frozen or I didn't get into Frozen I'll go see Joker yeah I'm I'm beyond repeat on Frozen my daughter loves that stuff (laughs) yeah (laughs) um I'm gonna go 45 opening weekend 45 that would be that would be failure if it makes 45 absolutely yeah dude this is a rated R film the budget's yeah. probably like 70 tops, 59 No, tops. I think the budget's like 50, 60 million. Yeah, if, so it's not bad. So it would definitely go well over even. If this does 45 million opening weekend, DC will not do another black label film. This There's isn't gonna no this, this isn't going to pull your casual fan of comic book film into it. Like this is Absolutely this is this is, like it's going to be a great movie, but it's a mm-hmm. rated R character piece of the but Joker. Like Deadpool did 300 million. Uh, yeah, but it had all the shabazz. It had all the jingles. It had all the humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. 
Right. You know, an X-Men yeah. character had the Hugh Jackman play off of. It's yeah, but Joker's like Spider Man, a... but he's you know dangerous. Ryan Ryan Reynolds is a, is a big draw <laughs> in that role. Like, right, it's, right. to me, they're different, right? That it's oh for like, sure. Like Deadpool played more like a Marvel, big Marvel film, right? Mm-hmm. This this I don't, and I'm not. It's not saying it's doing this because it's going to be bad. No, I just no, think of that course. In the in the space of box office like i'm terrible at this too by the way guys <laughs> so but in the space of like my prediction based on the space that it's going to fill that void of the rated r character driven piece i think 45 is a good haul 50 55 type thing and you're looking at probably that that 150 to 170 for for domestic 12 which like if this thing costs 50 million dollars to make they're making three times like how much like how often can you invest 50 million and get 150 out in a, less than a year well yeah. i did that last year yeah, I, I invested fifty million and got one fifty out. So, we would have uh, fantastic <laughs> microphones if you had. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> way better guest stars too than just me. <laughs> you consider yourself a guest star for one hundred and eighty episodes? <laughs> yeah, I haven't fully committed to the role yet. No, I'm not. I'm not guest starring Sanjay. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I'm I'm guest starring. <laughs> don't you want to be at the end where it's like Tim Troy with Sanjay? Yeah. and Sanjay, like at the end of the yeah. film, right? Special guest star Sanjay. <laughs> no, um, but I just, I don't know, man. I see R-rated films have been known to break out. Like you look at American Sniper, um, that film did like almost 400 million. Yeah, Hangover did Christmas well over two. Though, too, right? That's yeah. true. That's true. Logan did 226. And that's kind of like... Again, Hugh Jackman established Hugh Jackman, character. but I mean, you're talking about Joker here. I mean, besides Darth Vader, name another villain as famous as Joker. I don't think there is one really. No. Right. But but you could look at it look at his last on screen presence, right? It wasn't this guy, it was the chit chat one, right? And but that, mo- that movie well. made three hundred twenty five million dollars at the box office for a Again, film. Again, it had all the big explosions I know, I and all that know. stuff. It had so all does Transformers, stuff? right? Transformers brings in tons of dough. Yeah. yeah. You know, not the last one. Well received film. We're yeah. gonna see here, guys, in a few weeks. The proof is in the pudding. Lands. One of us will have bragging rights. The other one will be sorely disappointed. Hey, I hope it makes a billion bucks because I'm on board. I love this movie trailer. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. looks Great. cool. I just, Great. I just don't see it bringing in the monopoly. Do money. you think this thing will play well with the MCU crowd? People that only go in to see MCU movies, you know, the kind of no, like, no, no I, don't. I don't think it will. Oh, no, definitely not. No. Like, because when you not. look at when you look at the people that are going in, like those are families, right? You know, there's there's the guys like us. There's the people that are on the periphery of us that that aren't as immersed into it, but still keep track of everything that's going on. Try to follow the continuity and all that, but don't necessarily go opening weekend. And then you've got the family and kind of that external crowd that come when it's like, okay, Avengers four, yep, I'm gonna go watch the rest of them on Netflix, catch up and go right. see Avengers four in theaters because literally everyone in the office is talking about this. Yeah, all the right. kids are talking about it, right. You don't the diehards are us. The people mm-hmm. that are going to these Avengers films, making the biggest film of all time, didn't go and see Captain Marvel in theaters. Maybe didn't go and see far. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's the disproportionate. You're seeing like globally almost a two billion dollar difference between Far From Home and Endgame, and yeah. Far From Home made a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how how did um, Venom do? Sorry, last year. Uh, seven hundred fifty total, and I think around. Th- 250 million total uh opening i think yeah. it was like all, all, almost 100 million yeah yeah, yeah. see that again it still falls in that sandbox of like the deadpool where it's like the yeah. bigger mm-hmm. marvel property and it was pg-13 yeah. and it's yeah 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 see yeah. so it's all about yeah. how they sell that and they're selling yeah. this as 
like the character piece, the Oscar bait, the, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, again, not negatively, but that's, that's what this is, right? They didn't make this to be, to compete with Endgame. Like this is a very different film. Mm -hmm. It's like a film festival kind of thing. Exactly. A Sundance kind of property almost. Right. Yeah, I don't think this is going to get an eight-minute standing ovation at Cineplex when we see this. <laughs> it will for me. Different crowd. But anyways, guys, that wraps it up for this week. For all our DC talk, for the Joker trailer, Birds of Prey, and everything else that we got to this week, it has been, again, just every time Sunday screws me up, it has again been an absolute blast, guys, talking all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. And I got to close my eyes as I do this because Sanjay's doing all kinds of weird stuff on the screen. <laughs> I thought if it was a like Wolfpack be... at first. but <laughs> yeah, Wolfpack, yeah. <laughs> Too sweet. <laughs> if you'd like to be a part of this show, you can always email us at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter where we're always just chilling, hanging out, trying to figure out what's next here in the world of nerd. Our handles are at the end of the episode. You can find everything that we do on the nerdroom.net as well as starwarscommonwealth.com where you can also find all of the other Stores Commonwealth podcasts where they're breaking down and continue to push forward that Rise of Skywalker, that Mandalorian narrative, walking into Triple Force Friday. It's going to be a big couple weeks in Star Wars here and in the upcoming Rise of Skywalker. You know, we're on yes. the doorstep here, guys. We're, we're almost there, so make sure to tune over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to catch everything that they're doing over there, that we are doing over there. And you can also find us on Instagram at the NerdRM where we're posting our hunt picks. You can see my new collection of retro figures up there now. And I'm sure you're going to see some customization from Troy here in the not-too-distant future because I know he's doing some head swaps <laughs> over there. And last but not least, you can also find us over on Mushly14.com where we endorsed by our good friend Rob Wade. You can find us as well as all the other endorsed podcasts over on Mushly14.com. And with that being said, gentlemen, until next week, we wish you happy hunting and for the nerd room. I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. That was not enthusiastic, Sanjay, but thank you guys very (laughs) much. Thanks for critiquing me on air. I mean, there's a lot of bad blood that's been going on between this episode. Yeah, it's building that civil war. Wait till you get the latest review on iTunes. It'll be from me and it'll be the negative one. Yeah, why are they always picking on Sunday? You'll get that Shazam review someday, guys. Sunday. Sunjay? Sunjay, guys. Anyways, thank you guys very much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, and Sunjay on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sunjabby. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Saber's Radio Podcast, Retro Inc., and the Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth to take your first steps into a larger world. <laughs>